Welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast, where we mix business, law of attraction, spirituality, and well-being with great guests and phenomenal stories. You'll hear hints, tips, and up-to-the-minute information on digital communication from an expert in her field. Pearl has some wonderful individuals in her networks, and she will be interviewing them all at some point in the future. Enjoy your listening. Well, hello and welcome to another of the Pearls of Wisdom podcast interviews. And today it's another one of those fantastic International Women's Day, inspiring, empowering women. And it is my pleasure to be speaking to a very special lady. I know we've spoken virtually, but this is the first time we've actually been face to face on Zoom. And today I'm speaking to Claire Winter. Good morning, Claire. <laughs> Good morning, Pearl. It's an honour to be here. I love doing things for International Women's Day, so thank you for having me. It, thank you so much. Now, before I ask you the, the question I'm asking all the ladies in this series, I'm going to go back to your Facebook profile because my post started, all this started from one post on Facebook, so I'm going to read what your profile says. And boy, is it a fantastic call to action um, profile. For Claire's profile, it says helping entrepreneurs to amplify their expertise and get more sales through storytelling, content and PR. And that is exactly what you do. So without further ado, because I know I know with it being Mother's Day, we want to get you back to your family so that you can celebrate in style. So, Claire, would you please share your career story, sort of pinpoint key things so anyone listening, we can help to actually empower them and give them an idea of how they can move their career on, please. Yeah, sure. I think um, I've been a lifelong reader, so that would be my first tip. If you want to work in a world of words or be a writer or a journalist or help people with content marketing or even a digital marketeer, I would say read and read a lot. Don't just consume media, but actually get physical books, if it, even if it's on a Kindle and read them. So I'm a, I've been a lifelong reader. And um, my first degree was actually in some um, social anthropology. But deep down, I already knew even then that I wanted to be a journalist. Um, but I finished that degree and I went traveling around the world and heard a lot of people's stories. I had loads of random jobs. I worked behind a bar I was a very bad cocktail waitress and couldn't really make cocktails, but they put me behind the bar anyway with a flair barman. And um, I worked for Qantas, writing up um, airline reports from the stewardesses, from all the sort of weird and wonderful things that can happen on a flight. And believe me, there's some hair raising tales that we had to write up. So yeah, I had a really fun year. Um, I even ended up on the Andaman Islands, um, which are quite remote. Um, So that was amazing. And I got more and more involved and thought about storytelling and the stories that people had told me on my travels around campfires and things like that. So when I got back to London, I was like, I really, really want to be a journalist. I want to work in journalism. But the doors don't open for people anymore. You can't work your way up as a runner. My husband had worked his way up from as a runner um, into the animation industry. So I thought, I've got a degree. I can just go and work in a newsroom. But every newsroom I rang, they were like, no, you need a qualification. So I went back to university and did a postgrad um, journalism 
in broadcast journalism. So I learned about TV and radio. Um, and then I got my first job, amazingly, um, at Net Doctor, where I, when I was still a student, to get up at four in the morning and write the health news for Net Doctor, which still exists. So that was good fun. And then um, I got a job at ITN, at ITN Radio oh, and cool. ITN Television. So that's kind of where my career began and why I'm so passionate about storytelling and getting involved you know I've had a variety of jobs in media basically so that's how it started it's just the love of people and a love of storytelling oh that is wonderful it really is and already just those few words and names and companies you've mentioned that's going to get everyone's interest and thinking right if Claire can do that I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, you know, and um, I, I'm pretty sure it's probably the same now. You know, we work for free. We did lots of work experience, all of those things, um, you know, just learning. I've worked with students. I, I have a couple of students that actually work for me, you know, that reached out and they they do stuff for my business. So, you know, it's and I love to help them and they're like, you know, I'm, you know, applying for a job, you know, can you help me with my CV? And I help them with stuff like that. So, yeah, I love to give back. And I think it's one of those things, you know, um, I think most people have a, what I would call a multi-hyphenate career now, because obviously I started at ITN and then I went over to work um, in breakfast television over at Osterley with a joint production with Princess Productions. It was called Rise. I don't know if many people, it was meant to be the next big breakfast. It kind of didn't really, but it was really good fun to work on. <laughs> um, and then I had my first daughter. So that changed everything because obviously getting up at four in the morning or working till midnight. So it was shift work basically at that level. When you're a producer, it's shift work. So um, I did that classic thing of moving from London into the home counties where I still live now. And um, I had my first daughter. I worked in um, a marketing department for a local council um, and did sort of things like that. Just kept my hand in, but still with a bit of a storytelling angle, but not what I wanted to do. Then I got pregnant with my twin girls. And when they were one, I got the opportunity to buy a magazine. So obviously, when you've got three children under four, you buy a business, obviously. <laughs> That's obviously what you do. Um, and um, I, I loved that. I was the editor and owner of a magazine for families that covered Berkshire. So it fitted my lifestyle. I built an office in my garden. My friend was just completely blown away. She said, one minute you were like at home with three kids, not working. And then in about six weeks, you were owner of a magazine and you had a shed quarters, which I'm in right now. Um, and I ran that magazine for eight years. So that's that was brilliant. And we had um, an online platform and social media platforms in the good old days when you could grow like a Facebook page and get thousands of people following it and actually interacting on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, I could. I can remember the days of 150,000 hits on a website with Twitter. And of course, it doesn't work quite like that now. Sadly not. The algorithms are against us. But yes. Um, so yeah, so that was brilliant. Because obviously, writing about something you're kind of living felt great. You know, I got to interview some brilliant people, some very random ones like... Um, <laughs> Olympians like Steve Redgrave, but then also Basil Brush, who was in a panto in Windsor and he stayed in character the whole time. Um, so, yeah, I've had, you know, we've had some fun. We got invited to lots of great events, um, 
you know, we went to Paris as a family, did loads of all those fun bits that you can imagine being an editor of a magazine. That was, and it was great. It was also really hard work yep. <laughs> um, and um, obviously deadline driven. So, you know, that was something that um, I was acutely aware of. And I actually sold it four years ago and I decided to sell it to my, you know, when you have a vision, I was like, I want it. It's, it's actually the work for two people. So I'm going to sell it to two people. I mean, I think I had, a virtual team of about 12 people by the time I sold it because it it wasn't a job you could do on your own yeah. you know <laughs> but you know people used to ring up and say oh can I speak to accounts please I'm like yep yeah hello here's accounts I'm, I'm accounts as well <laughs> but actually I did have a bookkeeper and but I had like you know people working for me virtually so it it, it segued way segued well into running a digital business really from selling that four years ago and then moving into um what I do now so yeah it's been it's been a brilliant journey and I wouldn't have had it any other way and is it's perfect I mean we first connected when you were running one of your challenges on Facebook and I know everything you were saying I was thinking ping 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 and I remember the first one You've probably had so many challenges, but it was it felt like it was a one way conversation. Just me and you saying, oh, I do this. And you say, yes, and I have that and I have that. And it was so lovely to connect with someone that fully understood what I was talking about. Oh, always get that. <laughs> oh, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. I'm actually I haven't done a challenge in a while. I'm not a big fan of them. Um, yeah. I think I feel like that it's a bit saturated, the challenge yes. market at the moment. Um, and I think there are other ways you can reach your audience. I've loved podcasting. Um, so big fan of that. I launched a podcast in September called Cracking Content which I absolutely loved. And we, you know, when we launched, I was number two in the marketing charts underneath Amy Porterfield. So that was a really kind of, you know, standout moment for me because she's one of my sheroes. So yeah, it's been really good fun. So I think there's lots of different ways. And I've actually, um, I'm reaching people through webinar and things like that, that just yeah. take less energy. I'm oh, all yeah. about what content can you create and how many places can you repurpose it and reshare it and, you know, work less, yeah. you know, work less basically and enjoy it is my big, my big mantra for 2021. Oh, definitely. definitely. Mm. Like you say, with the challenges, the amount I've said, yes, that looks interesting. I've signed up. And then when it turns up, suddenly I'm doing five challenges in one week. And I think I cannot physically do that mm. and do my thing as well. But like you say, with a webinar, I've started doing Eventbrite um, masterclasses where it's one hour, get as many people there, share your message and then out mm. again. And like you say, it's working smart. And it, that's time that people can give. Whereas the challenge is when you're up against everyone else and everyone seems to run them at the same time. <laughs> I think, you know, there's some people like the Helen Pritchards of this world where the challenge model is always going to work really well for yeah. her. Um, another person it really works well for is Lisa Johnson. There's people that have got very dedicated kind of strong fan base of, yeah. you know, engaged people. Um, I think that works well and also works well with their personalities. And I think that's what you've got to look at as well is like, have I, you know, have I got the bandwidth? Have I got the energy and time? Have I got the support? Because yeah. I know a lot of people will enter into a challenge and they don't realise how much time it's going to take. Yeah. You know, if you want every comment answered and, you know, you get an engaged group of 300 people. I mean, when I was doing mine, it was like 5,000 comments a day or something. It was insane. Yeah. It's an amazing vibe and an amazing buzz. 
but you really do need to block out a week. Yeah. I was like having a nap in the middle of the day, you know, and I was just like, and then I reflected back and I was like, do I want to do it again? I think if I were to do a challenge again, and I'm not saying never, um, I'd probably do it over three days and then a webinar two days later or something like that, just to kind of keep it, keep it manageable. But again, you've got to work out what works for you. And for me, I really like the webinar model. Like you say, I, you know, my podcasts are 10 minutes long. Um, my videos are 10 minutes long. My blogs are five to 600 words because it's my belief the entrepreneurs and people in my world have about 10 minutes when yeah. they're making a cup of coffee or yeah. doing that kind of thing. So that's, so that's, that's my, that's my um, tactic with content really at the moment. And that's not to say I can, I offer longer trainings in my membership and things like that. And obviously with the webinars, but um, yeah, bite-sized chunks of useful information is my go-to. Oh, I love that. Though, having said that, says she whose podcasts range from half an hour to three hours. One, one wonderful guest. It was just in flow and I just let it run. But I do, every time I share that, I put the proviso, you need lots of cups of tea and quite... And, a pa- a pack and again, yeah. And again, it's like, it's also something you could cut up into smaller chunks if you needed to, or you could host yeah. it somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, you've got to work, um, you know, your audience the best. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I've really enjoyed the last four years. I I have a membership. I have a program called Pitch the Press um, and I do one to one coaching with people and I help them with their content marketing and their PR strategy because I've I've received so many press releases and pitches as an editor and a journalist. I feel like I can help them with the storytelling piece so it's all about story when it comes to that so um whereas you know uh, you know most solopreneurs or entrepreneurs don't have the the money to engage a PR agency so um you know we've had people on my program on ITV London and interviewed by the Times and other ones have been in the Daily Mirror and it's just really really nice to see a small business owner really smash it and uh, get their business out in the world so yeah it's one of my yeah programs I love doing the most I think yeah that is wonderful and I think anyone listening to this is going to be thinking yes how can Claire help me and we will make sure that we add all the links and everything to that but I, I always put the proviso if you're listening to this when it first goes up you might not have the details because I'm interviewing so many people. I'm getting it up there with details to follow. And within the next few yeah. days, the details details will follow. So please, if it's not there when you first listen, come back because it will be. I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, I think it's amazing what you're doing. So many people you're interviewing. It's fabulous. It's growing. It's definite, definitely a divine calling when you know it's the right thing to do and mm. everything just clicks into place and then it just flows yeah and lovely. That, it's lovely when that comes together mm. as not always but when you've got that and when it really when it makes you smile when you know you mm. love what you're doing that's when you know you it's not a job then it, it's just you look mm. forward to doing it whereas like we're saying almost like the challenge if you know you're running that for th- five days or something when it gets to Thursday or Friday you're exhausted mm. whereas if you love what you're doing it's so much easier to continue mm. yeah and that's my that's my that's my thing it's like you know I'm a big fan and you'll know this of 
you know, creating core bits of content like a podcast or a blog because you own them and you can host them off your website. Um, it brings traffic back to your website. It helps you with organic search. I mean, um, I rank so highly for content planning that a well-known bit of software has just got in touch with me because they're like, wow, can we do something together? You're ranking really highly. And that is from blogging about content planning for four years, <laughs> you know. Um, and so I'm a massive fan you know, of, of blogging and actually all my podcasts are based on my blogs, but you could do it completely the other way around. You can send all of your podcasts to rev.com and make them into written content. So that's what I mean about core bits of content because social media is brilliant, but I, I believe it's like you use social media to amplify those, those bigger bits of content. And I think sometimes people think I've got to have this beautifully created Instagram feed, but they don't have an opt-in or a free guide or something where they can grow their email list and they're not pointing people back to their website. And, you know, don't get me wrong. There's people that run really successful businesses from a Facebook group or a Facebook page or an Instagram page. But the problem is they can get those accounts hacked or deleted or taken away from them. I know I've got loads of horror stories of people whose Facebook ads manager account have been shut, but also people who've lost Instagram accounts with thousands, thousands of followers and they could never get them back. Yeah. I, I, so, I yeah. So that's a risky strategy. So if you don't have a website and you're not blogging from it, definitely put it on your list because, you know, people that can't be taken away from you. That is something that, you know, the, those blogs are working 24 seven for people to find you in an organic search. And, you know, when people join my free group cracking content and they say they found me in Google, I'm like, brilliant. Yeah. Because, because I've, you know, because, because of the podcast and because of the blogging. Um, yeah. That, that will search when they look up content planning or content marketing that will come up. And, you know, that, that is one of the strategies of content marketing. It's also reaching your audience with content and storytelling that really resonates with them. So they DM you or message you, but um, if you're going to spend time on content, spend it on something that's going to last longer than a social post. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I've started, I repurpose mm. with certain content because you look at the way people assimilate their information. Some mm. people prefer images, so you look at exactly, Instagram. Yeah. Others like the text, others like audio. And we're finding this is why podcasts are so popular. It's mm. Gone are the days almost of radio when you listen at a set time. People mm. want to plan their day, so they want it to be available all the time so they can go and listen. I mean, are you? do you find that? Yeah, definitely. But also you now you've got Clubhouse where it's yeah. like tuning into live radio 24-7. So, um, you know, so that's really interesting that people are getting used to listening to audio kind of constantly. Yeah. So you can tune into Clubhouse and there's, you know, rooms about everything, cold showers, being a gazillionaire you name it there's you know um I love I love Clubhouse but I'm conscious of the time I'm spending on there I'm not I don't want to be on there 24 7 so I've got I've got a club and I've got a few rooms and I show up um because it's one of those places where you can grow an audience quite quickly um but again you know people have to decide where they want to be and where they want to spend their time so because there are people on there that are on there pretty much 12 hours a day but they have a whole team supporting them to enable yeah. them to do that yeah. and I don't think people realize that I think um and also people some people are just very determined and dogged and like this is where I'm going to grow my audience the, the quickest and at the moment it probably is yeah um but again you've got to figure out if it's for you it's not for everyone yeah 
most definitely and I am conscious of time and it's Mother's Day <laughs> and you need to be with your family so I'm going to ask you the one question I'm asking every lady that's been on the interview yeah. bringing it back to International Women's Day and every year International Women's Day you you know this but I say it for the audience they always do a different theme every year mm. and this year the theme is choose to challenge so Claire what do you choose to challenge what does that mean to you? Um, I choose to challenge um, the the belief that we can't. So I think many women have a little voice, sit, critical Claire, I'm going to call her, sitting on your shoulder saying, you can't have that six-figure business. You can't grow your business or launch that digital course. And I'm telling you, I'm choosing to challenge every woman that's listening to us to tell them that they can and to tell critical critical Claire to do one or whatever you want to call her. (laughs) So that's my choose to challenge. I mean, there's lots of bigger political issues that have been talked about in the last few weeks that I could also choose to challenge, but I think it's a personal one for me just to to say to everyone that you absolutely can achieve what you want to achieve. Oh, that's absolutely perfect. I'm going to let you get back to your family. Enjoy your day. I hope you are pampered as much as possible and just to say to the listeners as well Claire has agreed to come back and be a future guest as well so I look forward to when we can chat again thank you so much it's my pleasure pal thank you thank you for listening to the pearls of wisdom podcast we hope you have enjoyed the content shared please share with others who would like to enjoy these interviews and discussions If you would like to support the podcast, please follow the link in the episode description. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out and let's discuss next steps. Until the next time, enjoy your listening.